hear me okay? okay. <clears throat> Good morning. This scripture is of David from Psalm 32, 1 through 4. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. It's no secret that um, we as people can be very judgmental towards others. Um, I, when I watch like the news, I'll often have a running commentary as I watch, and I'm talking about how this person did something wrong. If it was me, I'd have done this. It's very easy to judge people. There's just one phrase I've heard a lot in my life that I've always judged really harshly. And I realize I've been a little wrong about it. Sometimes when you ask a parent, what do you want for your kids? What's your prayer? What's your hope for your children? Parents often will say, I just want my kids to be happy. And I used to grumble at that. And I'm like, happy, Urgh, grumble, grumble, grumble. Because I'm like, in my heart, what I want for my kids the most, I want my kids to find satisfaction in Christ. That's what I want the most for my children. I want them to know that the Lord, if they're connected to him, whatever happens is going to be okay. But I was a little too fast to judge because that prayer of a parent's heart is a real prayer. We do want our kids to be happy. And if you have anyone in your life that you love, whether it's a sister or a brother or a good friend, your hope for them is that their life would be good and not bad. You hope good things for those you care about. Because we all want that good life. We all want a life. Man, I, I would like more happiness than sadness, right? Nothing wrong with that. Jesus, in his great sermon on the mount, he literally starts his sermon by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. He's saying, happy are the people who live like this. And that repetition probably drew a crowd. I want to be happy. How do I find this blessed life? And they draw near to hear the message. We all want a blessed life. We want the good life. How do we get it? What does it look like? In Psalm 32, we have David talking about the good life. Many scholars believe David wrote this song after his affair with Bathsheba. So David understands sin. He understands messing up. He says this, How blessed, how blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man, how blessed is the woman, how blessed is the teenager whose iniquity Yahweh will not take into account. And you read that, and you're like, that sounds, we know this is true. How blessed is a person whose sinfulness is not counted against them? Some examples of how good it is not to get in trouble when you deserve getting in trouble. I got pulled over uh, years ago in Lake Orion. 
I had just hit a deer. Blew the front of my van to pieces. I had no working headlights. I'm driving 20 over the speed limit. I'm not wearing shoes, which is illegal. I don't know if you know this. Not wearing shoes in Michigan is illegal. I get pulled over for all these things. I thought for sure I'm getting at least three tickets, and they might tow my car. And you know what? They have every right to do all those things. I, I am indeed going 20 miles over, over the speed limit. I did hit a deer, and when my headlights were broken, I took one of the headlights that was still like, like alive, hanging, and just tied it into the, like the middle of the, the grill, and it just kind of hung in the... It, it, it shined in the front of my car. Not out, just kind of like, hey. Um, I deserved to get a ticket. Cop pulled me over, questioned me for like 20 minutes. And then he's like, just get out of here. And I pulled away and I'm like, life is good. It is good not to get a ticket. It is going to get pulled over and if you're given a warning. I'm like, man, the Lord loves me. I felt very blessed that my sin was not held against me, didn't I? Uh, one time, there's, there's so many examples of just, we deserve to take the hit. And we don't take it. And this points to this truth David's talking about. David says, if you want to know what's a good life, it's a good life when I can walk around not afraid of God's wrath because I know God has forgiven me for my sin. I walk around, I'm not afraid of his anger. I'm not afraid of his wrath. I'm not walking, I'm not walking around waiting for him to backhand me. I know I've been forgiven. It allows me to live a life of freedom. Freedom. I used to pastor a church in Waterford, Michigan. And my kids, and so after service sometimes here at church, after church you'll see kids running around being crazy. I love it. I love it. I don't get annoyed. I'm not like, I love seeing kids playing tag in between the rows, running. The, they're sometimes screaming down the secret hallway. I know some of you might like, oh, those, where are those kids' parents? Listen. Those kids are a sign of the church's future. We're glad for them. My kids were at church, and they were just playing, and they were running around playing tag, and an old man came up to me, and my, this old man said to me, Pastor, your kids have the spirit of kids who have been well-loved. And I'm like, that's a beautiful idea. Those kids have been so cared for they, the life is so peaceful. They live their life assuming the world we live in is good and happy and free. And they play without fear. I didn't grow up like that. I didn't, as a kid, I didn't have that freedom in my heart. I was more like a shelter dog. If you ever buy a dog from the shelter, sometimes you'll go to like, pet a dog and it will like, it assumes you're going to hit it. It's been so beat and so smacked around, that dog assumes Everyone it meets is an enemy out to hurt it and to embarrass it. It's tail tucked. It's just, it's, 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 uh, it's a fluff up in the back of its stinking neck. A dog always assuming someone's going to kick him or hit him. And a lot of us live that way with the Lord. We walk around afraid that God's just waiting to give us a back of his hand. David goes, oh man, the good life, the blessed life is to live knowing our sin is forgiven. We, I'll read it again. How blessed is he 
whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man whose iniquity Yahweh will not take into account. The blessed life is being forgiven for my sin. The blessed life is to walk around knowing God loves me and there's nothing I can do to lose it. I can't fumble it. I can't be so stupid or so offensive that God's going to say, I disown you, get out of my sight. It's not going to happen. Blessed are people who live in that kind of knowledge, in just living knowing I am loved and I'm held in God's hand. I am all right. Well, how do I get this? How do I get this forgiveness? Because most people don't have that. Most people are shelter dogs. We walk around, our head down, afraid that deep down we believe God must be sorely disappointed in me as a person. This psalm is quoted by Paul in the New Testament. Paul, in the book of Romans, he's going to go back to this passage and tell us how we can experience this forgiveness from the Lord. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 4, he says this. Now to the one who works, his wage is not counted according to grace, but according to what is due. He says, if you work a job and you put in eight hours and the boss pays you, that's not grace. It's not a gift, is it? They owe you that money. When you make 590 dozen poonchkis, the boss owes you some money, Right? That's not him being nice. It's like, he's like, here's a present. That's not a present, that's my paycheck, fool. Like, that's, that's what it is. And Paul is talking to Jewish people. And the Jewish people were really good. Jews, like the Catholics, have made guilt and shame an art form. Work real hard, try your best, and God still don't like you. That's kind of how it is, you know? And so Paul's trying to tell these Jewish people, you cannot make God like you by trying harder. There's no amount of effort you can do to make God think you're a pretty cool guy or girl. He goes, listen, verse 5, to the one who does not work, but believes upon him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. To the one who does not try to earn it, but believes upon Jesus who justifies us ungodly sinners, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. And he quotes our psalm. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. So the blessed life, the blessed life is being forgiven for my sins. And the blessed life is being forgiven for my sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is how we get the forgiveness. I can't I can't impress God. You cannot impress God. You can't do it. I can't make him like me. 
For many of us, much of what we do for the Lord, we do trying to earn his favor. A lot of Christians will give money, will pray, read their Bibles, go to church, and we do it hoping if I do enough, maybe he'll be happy with me. A lot of good-meaning people live in this cycle of just trying real hard and never feeling loved. It's like having a, 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 a terrible father who always withholds his blessing and we try our whole lives to get this absentee dad to say something and he never does. Our God is not this way. Our God is not this way. Instead, through the cross of Christ, for those of us who stand in the shadow of the cross and say, I can't do it, but Christ can and did, when he said from the cross, it is finished. He meant it. He did the work. And to live in the shadow of that cross, it means I'm loved. When I met Angie, we started dating. Uh, my uh, wife is, um, she's, she was always very afraid. So, she, so I wanted to marry her. And she said no. Um, I mean, my, my opening volley, my opening line to Angie was not, let's go get coffee. My opening line to her was like, I think you're amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm driving to Michigan for the summer. I want to become your husband. That was my opening line. And she was like, I don't really know you. And I'm like, by design. No, but... Uh, <laughs> Because if you did, you would leave. Uh, but uh, so we start going out, we start dating, we start going out together. And she was very surprised by, because she's so, like, she, we dated for a long time, and she would never say, I like you. This is going well. Like, she would give me no hints that this is like, and we're, going, we're, we're together for like three months, and then, like, I, go, I go back to college after a summer together, and I'm like, so, is this going well? She goes, I don't know. I'm like, dang, I got no feedback. And the reason was, is my wife, she doesn't want, she's, when we first met, she just didn't want to ruin God's will for her life. She walked very slow, because she was like, I don't want to mess something up. I don't want to make a mistake with the Lord. Now, the way I live, though, she's like, you're so, like, she's like, why are you always just jumping off of cliffs, assuming it's going to be okay? What if you mess something up, she always say to me. And I'm like, listen, I trust in God's love for me so much, I assume I can't mess it up. If I fumble the ball, he's going to catch it and keep on running. And so I live, and I'm not saying live sinfully, but I live with a great deal of freedom because I believe God's got me, God loves me, and I run around not like a dog with his head tucked in. Instead, I walk around excited, happy, grateful. When you live in the shadow of the cross, you cease doing things to earn God's favor and love. Instead, you're doing things because you've been loved by him. We love him because he first loved us. Bless the blessed life 
is being forgiven for our sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the good life, being forgiven. It's so good, it's hard to describe. Walking around without shame or guilt is awesome. It's just awesome. There's a flip side of that coin, though. In Psalm 32, David goes on and says this. And David knows. David knows about sin. David said, but he says all that good stuff about being forgiven. Then he says, but when I kept silent about my sin, when I held my sin in, when I tried to pretend it was, when I denied my sin, pretended it wasn't there, this is what happened. When I kept silent about my sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. When I didn't confess my sin, when I pretended my sin didn't exist, when I just lived in my sin and hoped no one would notice, I felt like your hand was upon me, pushing me down the whole way. On Saturdays, me and uh, Sean go to the gym and train together. And when I sometimes do weights, Sean, well, trainers do this often. At the, end, like at the end of your set, he'll put his hand on the weight and start pushing against me to give me more resistance. I don't like that. I'm at the end of it. I'm like, I'm like 21. He's like, he puts his hand. I'm like, no, I can barely go. I need you to pick it up, not push it down. He says, when I did not confess my sin, I felt like God's hand was pushing against me day and night, holding me down. He says, my vitality was drained away as with the heat of summer. I used to live in India. It's the summertime in India. It's 110 degrees. It is humid. It is hot. And we're going to go walk around, and we're going to door-to-door meeting. The, we're going to go door-to-door and visit all the members of our church in the village. The Indians warned me, Pastor, here's an umbrella. I'm like, I don't need no umbrella. They try to give me all this water. I'm like, we're, it's like we're walking four blocks. It doesn't matter. I'm a grown man. I'm strong. We start walking. Now, again, it's 110 degrees. Sun flying high in the sky. It is a nightmare. The humidity is unreal. After about 20 minutes, I'm sweating so much. It's so hot. All my strength, all my power is like fading away. Ever feel that when the sun, the heat just takes away your muscles? Oh, I just need a nap. He said, that's how I, when I, when I didn't confess my sin, when I didn't get forgiveness and my sin was on me, it just felt like a summer day sapping all my strength. Listen, when we live in secret sin, that's how it feels. When we don't confess our sin, when we don't, we don't bring our sin to God to be forgiven, touched, taken away, it just lives in us and begins to push us down and hold us down. And then we live in that shame and that guilt. There's this book I read years ago called Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. It's a really crazy book. It's really long, too, and really small words, no pictures. And uh, 
in the book, the main character, he believes all morality is fake and false. He's like, man, I don't got to feel bad about nothing. I'm a stinking, I'm a new person in the world. There's no right and wrong in the world. He's like, I'm going to kill someone. The perfect crime, I'm going to kill someone, get away with it, and never feel bad about it. In the book, he does that. He kills an old lady who lives by herself. It's, a real, it's, a, it's kind of a wicked book. He kills this old lady, but then you watch him as he walks around in his life. There's a guy down the street from him, his neighbor's a cop, and the cop really likes him, like they're friends, but he's convinced he knows what I did. And the guilt, it starts gnawing at his soul. He's been thinking, man, everyone knows what I've done. My mama knows. My auntie knows. My neighbors know. In the last scene of the book, they're at a big party. And he thinks everyone at the party knows. Nobody knows nothing. But in his own soul, it's just building, building, eating at the middle of the party. No, no, one, even, no one even cares. He's a nobody in the party. He just goes, I did it! I killed her! And everyone's like, holy cow! And he goes to prison. I love that book so much. Because you see what that unconfessed secret sin, it slowly kills him from the inside out. That's what it does. We live with a secret sin. It's just that weight we walk around with. And over the time, it's a little heavier, a little heavier, a little heavier. Day and night, your hand was heavy upon me, pushing me down. That's the cursed life. The cursed life is living in denial of my own sin. And that sin slowly undoes me from the inside out. Always living in fear, we're going to be found out. Always living, wondering, who, every phone call. You can pull over the cops. You know, I pulled you over. You're like, ah, how long are you following me? Like, it's like, like that feeling. Like someone, like, it's like, I've done so many bad things, I don't know which thing we're getting busted for today. It's a terrible way to live. The cursed life, and like, the, the, this whole thing ends. So the good life is living in forgiveness, is living in the freedom of God's love, knowing I can't out-sin his affection. Now, there's like nine more verses I wrote a seven-point sermon, and that's not fair to anybody. So what I'm going to do is this. The forgiveness that comes from the Lord is the good life. And David gives us some very practical ways to practice receiving forgiveness. Because a lot of us say, that sounds great, Pastor. I don't feel forgiven. That sounds great, but the shame in me, I don't know how to shake it. David gives us some very practical ways to receive forgiveness. I'm going to go over those points on Wednesday at midweek. I'm going to record it and put it online. So Thursday, it'll be there for you to see, okay? It'll be in our normal feed on Facebook. I'll go through the rest of this chapter online because I can't. It's already thinking 1130 or 1230, you know what I'm saying? But let me end by the, going to the end of the chapter. Verse 10, many are the sorrows of the wicked. When we choose to hide our sin, deny our sin, live in our sin, many are our sorrows. It's been winter time here in Michigan. 
And for a while in the backyard, there was snow everywhere. Snow's good for one thing if you own a dog. I own a dog. And when the dog goes to the bathroom, you can see it on top of the snow. Very easy to see. And it freezes, easy to pick up. It's very convenient to get clean the yard in the middle of winter. As the winter goes on, there's more and more of these little gifts all over my backyard. I don't have to look at my lips when I'm talking about the story. Um, <laughs> so, eventually, okay, so it's very convenient. It's convenient, it's easy. It'd be good to go out there and get all of it picked up. And when, when the spring comes, I got a clean backyard, right? But I'm lazy. It's too cold to go out there. Oh, it's too cold to deal with it today. I'll deal with it some other time. We just, I just wait, I just wait, I wait. And then we had the big thaw this year. It started raining. Remember, it was raining at 40 degrees outside. My backyard flooded. The snow melted. The rain made big old puddles. And guess what? There was stuff floating in those puddles. And lots of it. And in my house, the way it's, like I have an old home, so my garage is unattached from the house. And the only way in the garage is through that backyard. Through that minefield I created for myself. When we choose to live in sin and we just don't deal with our sins, let them just pile up, we leave that mess to step in for ourselves. We leave landmines all over the place. A lot of us live our lives like that. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. We let it pile up and pile up and pile up. Next you know, you can't walk through the garage without getting your shoes dirty. You can't do it. There's too much of a mess. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in Yahweh, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in Yahweh and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Listen. I'll say to you this thing I say to you almost every single week. Find your joy in Jesus. Reach out for Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. When you're near Jesus, blessed, the blessed life is what you'll have. You'll live in that forgiveness. David said, blessed is the one whose sin is not counted against them. It is such a good life to live knowing God is not waiting to crush me, to smoke me, to smack me. The Lord loves me. He's never going to disown me. He's never going to walk out on me. He is mine and I am his. Seek the Lord. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. But man, let us rejoice those who are wrapped in the loving kindness of Yahweh. So I will go in this Wednesday. I will go into how to receive this forgiveness in a very practical way. But for now, hold on to Jesus. With that said, let us pray. Father in heaven, you say the blessed life is walking in forgiveness. And we all we know that's true. Just the joy, the blessedness of not getting in trouble when we deserve to get in trouble. For those of us who believe in your son, Jesus Christ, your blood washes us clean. Help us as people hold on to you day after day and night after night. Bringing our sins to you and putting them down before you, Lord. 
this good life is the life we all want. We all want the good life. We don't want the bad life. We don't want the many sorrows of the wicked. We don't want that. So, Lord, help us to rest in you and to truly experience your grace. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.